Welcome. I'm your host, Andrea Maximo, and you are listening to the Electric Feminine Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this very special little bonus episode I threw in here. I thought it was really important since if you listen to the intro or the first season episode uh, with me introducing what we'll be talking about the topics over the entire season, I do mention that we're, we'll be doing for the first time a coaching on the podcast. So with a client of mine, I'll be coaching them in real time so you could hear me coach and then see what the coaching process is like more or less, at least what it's like with me. And I decided that it's also important to include an episode on what is life coaching and what it is not. And what's the difference between life coaching and therapy in particular, which I think a lot of people still aren't clear on. And this is important information as you may be pursuing or interested in pursuing a life coach. And what do I need to know about it? You know, I want you to be informed too, so that you're making decisions that you feel really confident in when you're choosing um, what it is that you think you're going to need for your life. So let's start with who I am and what I do. So I'm Anjua Maximo and I am a life and sensual movement coach. So what does that mean? My life coaching portion of what I do is called the electric life. And that is basically all of my personal development work that I use to help people move past the obstacles that they may be encountering surrounding their goals or having those difficult conversations with the people um, in their lives, setting boundaries, uh, knowing what it is that they want to do, what's their purpose, uh, getting stuck in old stories about who they were that's not allowing them to move forward into who they want to be. So that is essentially the stuff that I specialize in. And also that little nasty voice that likes to talk smack in your head, which I learned to call the gremlin. This is how it was taught to me. And I've kind of adapted that idea and, and grown it a bit more. Um, but the gremlin is basically what we call the nasty little voice that will overtake us in times when we really need to be stronger, confident and stand up for ourselves or to move forward. And it is the one thing that can cripple us in taking action. So those are the things that I specialize in, in the personal development world. I am a certified life coach, which means that I went to a life coaching school, the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, which is IPEC for short. It's a pretty great school and a pretty reputable school as well. And I had an amazing experience there going through a program first and foremost for myself, using the tools on myself. Um, you know, finding the exploration for myself and then learning how to use them um, with others. The program was maybe just shy of a year. And it was, um, like I said, very instrumental in obviously starting my career as a life coach. Prior to that, though, I had already been working in the personal development um, arena at Lululemon as a manager. So if you are not familiar with Lululemon, this is a Canadian yoga athleisure wear brand that, however you may have heard of them, uh, has a great reputation or not a great reputation. For me, as someone who used to work for the company, I had overall a really great experience there from the standpoint of what they offered me in terms of opportunities to understand what personal development could do for me. So I learned about goal setting for the first time at Lululemon. I learned about um, 
working through uh, those difficult obstacles that scare me and understanding what my fears are, understanding how I behave and why that, you know, where that behavior maybe is the thing that's stopping me from moving forward and how to work past those negative thoughts or feelings that I um, had brought with me for so long. And it was uh, an amazing experience and learning time for me. There were so many books I was given. There were so many speakers like Brene Brown that I was um, open. I was um, given the opportunity to see speak. I was sent to you know development seminars on them. I was sent to uh, countless workshops and things like that that really gave me a beautiful, what I think, a preliminary education in. Um, the world of personal development. So that brought me to being a life coach. Now the central movement stuff started, if you know my story, maybe you don't, but it started in Los Angeles when I first went to a pole dancing class in Los Angeles at a very prominent studio there. And I went on to become a teacher first as a student and then went on to become a teacher and one of their head teachers as well. And I trained directly with the head of the studio and she became one of my mentors and taught me so much about what I know now about women and moving in our bodies and you know where the blockages came from with our sensuality for so many of us and you know how do we move past it how do we use movement and sensual movement in particular to move through it and she was a genius at this um, and I really appreciated my time with her so much but there was more to it that I felt um, needed to be mined there. And that's where the personal development stuff came in um, at the time is what I thought you know, was, was missing from it. Like how do we help them uh, move past some of the questions they have about uh, you know, why, why am I so afraid to move in my body or well, you know, what, how do I move past that fear in my body? Not just physically, but then also mentally. And how do I take all this amazing energy and this queen-like behavior that I'm embodying in class and then take it out into the world? And that was a really big one that many of my students at that time were struggling with. And I really didn't have an answer for. So I pursued what I pursued and I brought it all together and that's what created pure movement. And then I had the electric life and that's my, my story. So what is the difference though between a life coach and a therapist? So as you heard, a life coach is going to be someone who may have gone to a coaching school or may not. So there is no governing like body. There is the ICF or the international, I think, uh, <laughs> I have to look that up. I'm sorry. I'm um, coaching federation, international coaching federation. Oh my God, I totally blanked my bad. So there is that, but even that it's like the yoga Alliance. It's not really anything official. It, it's just something that was created to somewhat kind of manage a field that exploded quite honestly, really quickly. And, 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 and is full of a lot of amazing people who know how to do this work really well. And a lot of people who are not that great at doing this work. So it's really important that you understand what you need and what a life coach does, and then what it is that you're looking for and how do you know what kind of person, you know, is going to be a good person for you as a coach. And we can discuss that later, but a therapist is going to be someone who is a licensed healthcare professional. This is someone who as possibly undergraduate, does have an undergraduate degree, but possibly even has a master's in, um, you know, whatever their field that they may specialize in. This could be, you know, someone who specializes in trauma, someone who specializes in uh, relationships, in, um, you know, death, in uh, loss of a, of a loved one, someone who specializes in 
um, you know, specific fears or uh, sexual traumas, things like that. Um, and, you know, obviously this is, this is someone who's going to be really adept at dealing with the past. Okay. It's really important that I stress that the therapy, you know, a lot of times they have to find out what happened, what is the origin of these thoughts and these ideas and, and then working, helping you unpack that, um, to get you to a place where you, you know, you feel that you're, you know, functional and you're able to move, um, through the world without the ghost of the past kind of on your back. And, you know, just, it is, can, therapy can be a lifelong uh, a thing that you have to attend. It could be a lifelong thing for some people. And it is something that I honestly believe everyone <laughs> should go to. Um, I, I have a therapist or I've had a therapist um, before. And, you know, each time it's been something that has been really helpful, even as someone who works with people, especially with someone who works with people, you know, to have someone else that I can talk to about my stuff. Cause you have to understand that not a therapist nor a life coach is going to have it all figured out. They're not going to be without their own issues, without their own things that they're working on. They might have a different handle, a stronger handle on these things because they have some tools or they have worked on these things or they have studied these things, but it's not that they have it necessarily perfected. Nobody does because we're human beings, right? And we are going to be um, sometimes just affected by the things around us, no matter how good we get at not being affected at things. Um, so I say all that to say the other difference too, is that, you know, therapists will sometimes advise you on what you need to do as a life coach, at least in my coaching style, I do not give advice. Um, you know, an advisor, for instance, as well, or a counselor is there to generally counsel you and to give you advice on, you know, what they think you should possibly do. But as a life coach, it is not my agenda. So, you know, the rule that I follow is that it's not my agenda. Therefore, these decisions have to come from you. Now, what I do as your life coach, though, is to listen for what you may not hear is blocking you, ask you questions to help you get to the, the answer that you actually probably already know, but you're not feeling confident enough to declare, right? That's often what I encounter with my clients is that there's a part of them that knows it. There's a part of them that sees it and they just are too afraid to, to get there, or they're not quite sure if they should trust it, right? So it's really about teaching them about their intuition and, and, and trusting that feeling. And then I bring in my body work in those, those sessions as well, even with my personal development clients, because I want them to know what it feels like in their body when something feels like a really good choice, right? How it may feel expansive in their heart or, in, you know, settled and relaxed in their belly versus when they are making a choice that they're really unsure of and, you know, or a choice that feels forced that could manifest in like tight jaw, tightness in the chest, you know, not feeling like you can fully breathe, things like that. It'll be different for everyone, but those are things that I work on to introduce them to so that they can start to listen and trust their voice, right? I never want to be the one that they rely on to tell them what to do. And I'm not saying that therapists do that, but as a life coach in particular, in just our lane, I think that as you're deciding on a life coach, it's important that you look at someone who's really going to teach you how to empower yourself, 
right? How to feel confident in making your decisions, how to use the values of what you believe in to make difficult choices, how to use those values of what you believe in to understand why something may not feel like a good idea, but you can't quite put your finger on it. Um, you know, I'm there to help you see what your talents are that you may not have recognized, to help you see what your skills are that you may not have recognized so that you can see that there is maybe purpose in these things for you. Um, yeah, you know, that that's that's what I do is I'm there to really be in a kind of like a high, <laughs> high level cheerleader for you, but I'm not there to do it for you or to advise you or to counsel you. That's why I ask so many questions as I'm listening to things that you are saying. As a therapist, and I'm not a therapist, but again, from when I've worked with therapists, they are looking more to help me understand those behaviors in the past and how they are manifesting now in the present. Now, as a coach, I'd be lying if I said we didn't have to ask some questions sometimes. So there are times when, yes, the lines get a little blurred and I do have to figure out a little bit about what happened so I can get some context about what's going on right now in the present. But it's always for the purpose of going, well, if this is what you've worked on and this is what you've discovered in therapy, then what do you want to do about it as we move forward? You know, what are our choices that we can create now that we have this information to move forward? I always encourage my clients to work with their therapist and me at the same time to share with their therapist the things that we talk about or the things that we're working on. Same thing with pure movement, pure movement in particular. I do think it's important. None of these, not pure movement nor the electric life are a replacement for therapy. They can be something that can aid you. However, I have been also honest with clients when I have felt that life coaching is possibly not for them. And now what would be those circumstances? If they have not dealt with those things thoroughly in the past that have happened, if they have not unpacked those traumas yet, I will sense that possibly maybe even directly ask them, you know, have you worked with somebody yet on that? And I will be very honest, that is not in my wheelhouse. It is out of my scope. So, you know, I, I suggest to them sometimes that they start with a therapist um, first. And then when they feel like they, they have not necessarily perfected, there's no perfecting those. There's not even necessarily an end point to how you, you learn to manage them. It's just when they have a better understanding of them, right. And they feel stronger in who they are, then I think is a time for me to step in and go, all right, now we know what happened. We know how it affected you. You were already working on healing that. Now, what do you want to do to move forward? right? How do we take that information to get you to the next step of what you want to do in your life, in your career, in your relationships, right? So um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I need to share with you. Obviously, we don't, you know, we can't prescribe medication. Um, you know, we, we can't do anything like that as a life coach. Um, you know, I think that people also have to take a lot of personal responsibility here for themselves when they're entering into any programming, any coaching that's not necessarily, um, you know, run by license, even if it is run by a licensed healthcare professional, ask questions, do your due diligence. You know, I had somebody ask me point blank, have you had specific training with sexual trauma? I have not. I have not. And I was very honest with them. I have had two uh, therapists who have worked with or who do work with women and sexual trauma come to take my peer movement class and to review it and sit with me and 
talk me through things that were were good, things that maybe needed to be improved to improve on safety. But both of them both were very clear too that, you know, as long as I am honest about what it is, my limitations are that people at some point do have to take personal responsibility for entering into these classes and these programs. Um, I always speak very clearly to my students in peer movement in particular, that if anything ever makes them feel uncomfortable, that they should always, always know that it is their call to not pursue it, to not do a movement, to, you know, to not speak on something. This is, it's important, um, you know, that people feel that they have that autonomy, um, as I know so many people were in circumstances where that was taken from them. So, you know, in anything that I do, people always, always are um, encouraged to listen to their bodies first and foremost, to listen to their instincts and to trust it. And I have been very successful working with uh, women over the last almost, gosh, I don't know, it's been so long. I started this in 2006 um, in Los Angeles. So I've worked with so many women for so long and, you know, I've learned a lot about it and it's, it's a lot about communication. You know, there are women who were working with me that never ever disclosed to me things that had happened to them until much, much later. Um, so again, I say, you know, it's, it's, it's up to you to also share with the person you're working with, you know, so that they can discern, can I help you? Am I going to be the right person? Or be like, you know what? I don't know. This class might not be the right thing right now for you. So yeah, I think that's, that's the gist of what I, what I, I do and what I wanted you all to know about it. If uh, in the next uh, three episodes, not in a row, they'll be broken up, but there'll be three different episodes with Sarah and I working on her particular obstacle that she is currently um, dealing with. And you will hear, you know, how I work with her and how she kind of arrives to her conclusions and you know, how we, we kind of talk about the gremlin a little bit. You'll hear that in some of her episodes and um, just basically the steps that it takes, you know, the practice of talking yourself down um, off those, those kind of scary places of um, that we don't want to be in when we're like stressed out and, and we're feeling like we can't move forward. So the last thing I want to say about this, though, hold on, there is one more thing. This was very important. I remember this. The last thing I wanted to say about it was with life coaching. I know there has been uh, quite a lot of backlash with the idea that life coaching um, or personal development work is stuck on um, toxic positivity. And I have to say that there are times that I do agree with that. That is not my personal thing as a life coach. I do not believe that we need to be permanently happy. I actually think it is impossible. It is something that I will never ever sell you, nor do I ever tell somebody that that little voice, that little voice that chatters off is going to go away. It's a part of us. It is a part of us. And it is something that necessarily cannot be killed or extracted, nor should it. Um, you know, my approach is much more about being gentle with ourselves, about really understanding and having empathy for even the voice in the head and why it shows up and why it gets so scared and what is it really there to do. Um, and approaching, uh, you know, life with the understanding that it is never going to be a straight line and it is not supposed to be necessarily, it is just life and it is doing what it is going to be doing and it is not out to get you in any particular way. I do speak on the idea that we have choice in how we allow life to affect us when things happen. And when I say choice, I'm not speaking to 
you know, the folks that necessarily are, again, dealing with the chronic depression or, uh, you know, these severe mental illnesses where they're not able to actually make a choice. I understand that is a different situation. I'm speaking to the folks in our day-to-day, -day, you know, dealing with our regular ass depression and, and, and fucked up -edness. <laughs> and and the idea that we, we often deny ourselves the power of choice to change our perspective, to give ourselves the choice to intentionally be angry or sad and then giving ourselves a choice that at some point we want to shift out of that and we can because it doesn't serve us at some point to hold on to it and choosing how long that is right uh there's no like right way to do it i would never ever ever advocate for someone just getting over something and like just forget it you know, it's, you know, you're mad, but you just got to drop it. No, feel that shit. Feel it. Let yourself be mad. Don't even be bad. Don't feel mad about being mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I, I catch myself still sometimes going, ah, I let that get to me, but it's like, yeah, I let it get to me. Okay. Why, why did I get to me? Oh, I pushed my button. Why did I push my button? Because I really hold, you know, integrity as a high value. And this person felt like they did something unintegral and that irritates me. And I just have to understand that. And then I work my way around to the fact that people are just going to do the things that they're going to do. It's their lives. It's how they want to pursue it. And I can decide whether or not their choices affect me and how long I let them affect me. So that's the last thing I want to say. Okay. I didn't expect this episode to be quite as long as it was, but I hope it was informative. Um, I hope it gave you some insight into difference between um, coaching and therapy and maybe even help you make some decisions as to what you might need more of in your life or what you might need right now um, in your life in general. So have a wonderful rest of your day and please do um, let me know any thoughts, any questions you may have. Thank you for listening to the Electric Feminine Podcast with me, your host, Anjua Maximo. If you're ready to dive into this work of developing your connection to your goddess energy, of removing those obstacles standing in your way, please reach out at info at anjuamaximo.com or you can check out my courses available and my private coaching at www.anjuamaximo.com. Be good to you. Be good to each other.